Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second night of Word and Spirit. We started last week, our spring semester, and we welcome each and every one of you. We've got newer faces with us, and we have a baby in our midst. We got to pause the service. Pause it. I got to go see the baby. Hey. Looky, looky. Oh, no, no, just let the baby sleep. Hi. Red lace. Hi, sweetheart. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. All right. Carry on, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Congratulations. So, hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, go ahead and turn with me in the book of Proverbs 29. Um, Who's in charge of my, getting my mentoring chair? I know we, some of our staff is out, so I'm sure they're improvising. Praise the Lord. Uh, last week we started, and we made mention that we just seemed prompted and led to continue on the same theme that we started in our Holy Ghost meetings. Uh, of course, we had three days of meetings. We trust that uh, you're blessed them, but it just seemed there, there's so much in there and stirring in my heart that I thought we just uh, kind of let th those things uh, continue and just see where we can go with it. And our golden text was found in Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. And where it reads this, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. So here it talks about a vision and the effects of a vision. It tells us something that happens when there is one, and it also tells us what happens when there isn't one. And we'll just do a little bit of review because we have newer folks with us, and maybe some folks weren't privileged to be in our Holy Ghost meeting, and, and so we'll just look at our definitions here. First of all, we defined vision, and here we're, we're talking about a Bible definition of vision because there's a lot of definitions out in the world. A Bible definition of a vision is exactly that, uh, a vision. It's divinely given sight. It's an oracle, a revelation, or guidance from God. Uh, another word we can use for vision is visitation. So we could read it this way, where there is no visitation, the people perish. And uh, we, we looked last week, and of course in our Holy Ghost means we explained about um, what a vision is not. There's a lot of definitions in there, even in the church world. Uh, I, I've been in seminars where they would use a scripture and says, you know, every church needs a vision. You, you need a mission statement. You need a goal. You, you need an objective. You need to come up with something and make that your vision, get everyone behind you uh, concerning that. That's, that's fine and good, especially in the business world uh, outside of God. But really, um, you know, in the church, that is substituting brass for gold. And we looked at that. Uh, Rehoboam, uh, when he was king, the king of Egypt came and stole all the shields of gold. And uh, of course, that was quite costly and gold is precious. And, uh, and so instead of replacing the shields with gold, um, he, he made out of brass, which is an alloy of copper and zinc. I mean, it's a lot cheaper than gold. Bronze is a lot, or brass is a lot cheaper 
than gold. And so it's a cheap substitute. It looks like it, but it isn't the same. The same thing, uh, if we define a vision as, you know, this is our goal, this is our, our mission statement. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Something that is man-manufactured, something that, that man kind of birthed and uh, through human wisdom instituted, uh, here uh, it says people perish. You know, we, we need a visitation, we need a vision from God, because 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5 says this, my speech... And my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom. And that's, you know, man-made vision is, is natural wisdom. And so when it comes to ministry and when cause comes to the cause of Christ, it ought not to be birth in man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. That our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so everything we, we do ought to be authored by God. Everything we do ought to be supernatural. You know, the, the book of Acts is our model. <laughs> you, know, you know, the book of Acts is not just a, a history lesson. We saw this is how Jesus started the church and we look back and we sing songs, oh kumbaya, those were the days. No, that was a pattern and a model for the church universal. And we know this concerning end time prophecies and the word of God that the church in the latter days shall do greater works than the early church. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. And so the ministry of Jesus, the, the, the book of Acts is our pattern. And it was loaded with visitations, visions, demonstrations, and so forth because that was the test that God was there that God is authoring this. And so, again, when it comes to vision, it ought to be God-authored, a visitation, a supernatural, uh, you know, things that come from heaven. But very interesting, again, we, this is just kind of a quick review. What happens, what does the Bible say uh, happens when there is no vision? It says people perish. People suffer where there is no vision. People suffer where there's no visitation. And that word perish is a very interesting word. It means literally to let loose or be out of control. Now looking this word up in the Greek and commentaries, they would, uh, this, this was a figure, this word was used as a figure uh, concerning uh, the reins on a horse. You know, and you understand to, to make a horse go, uh, you know, you, you have bit and bridle, you have reins, and the reins control the movement of the horse. Well, when it says perish, that means you let, let loose of the rein, let go, and just let the horse do what it wants. Uh, we, we would liken it this way in our day is the steering wheel of a car. You know, you're getting behind the wheel. It's important that you have your hands on the wheel. You know, when you took your driver's test, if you ever took your hand off the wheel, even to scratch your nose, eh, you failed. The importance of having your hand on the wheel. Why? When your hands are off the wheel, the, the car can go in a ditch. The car can crash. It will not go where it should. And the same thing with people's lives. That without the supernatural, without visitations and supernatural demonstrations, uh, people let go. You know, uh, one area they, they let go, of course, uh, 
concerning their consecration, their dedication, you know, keeping true to the Word of God, keeping a holy and chaste life. But, uh, you know, and so, you know, when there's nothing prevalent, uh, people perish. And of course, spiritually is a big way. People will lower their standards. They, they fall away from God or, or they just live in a very carnal state and become very comfortable with that. And uh, that happens when there's no visitation. That happens when you, you go to a church and they give you a Reader's Digest sermon. You know, three points in a poem. That, uh, you know, just uh, the, the preaching is, you know, something that makes you feel good, something that is very light and frothy <laughs> and so forth. And uh, there, there's no conviction. There's no manifestations and demonstrations. And so when, when you don't encounter God, you know, you, you just live any way you do. But uh, remember when Isaiah, remember Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, uh, he was caught up to heaven, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And, uh, you know, uh, and he saw the angels cry, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. He was having a visitation, a vision. God was there. What was the first thing? He fell on his face and said, Oh my God, oh my God, I, 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 I'm an unclean man living in the midst of an unclean people. Again, what was that conviction? That he realized uh, the standard of being in the presence of God. And of course, if there's no standard, if there's no presence of God, there's no standards. And, uh, you know, and if there's no presence of God, people can come in, uh, live loosely, live immorally, and be involved in a lot of things. They can come in church, pat themselves on the back, go home, and nothing's changed. Again, we're not out to um, ruin people's lives, but we are to ruin sin. We are to ruin the path that leads to destruction. And so, the, you know, every time we, we come to church, there, there ought to be conviction. You know, I made mention before, you know, uh, it's a holy thing when, uh, when you're around a man or woman of God that you, you want to repent. You know, like we, we said before, when Kenneth Hagin would, would walk and, you know, isn't it interesting, the two guys I use for this illustration do not come anymore to our midweek service because I laid hands, I sensed something, and they're so convicted, they do not want to come to church again. All right, so I will use this empty chair. Brother Hagin would, would be preaching and put his hand and uh, he'd become aware of how you're living. You know, he wouldn't say a lot of things. But, uh, you know, that's a holy thing. That's a holy thing to, to, to be in services where there, there is a vision, visitation, when there's a sense of Almighty God. Again, here the Bible says that... Uh, People perish or people go on their own paths. And uh, we, we, we must contend for these things. We must welcome these things. We must want these things. But not only do uh, people perish spiritually, but they can also perish naturally. And uh, this is something that's been stirring in on my heart and I've been meditating much along this line that pe people re uh, fail to receive heaven's best 
and, and they live in affliction and they live in bondage because there is no visitation from heaven. You know, um, I remember that uh, many years ago, and I, I think Pastor Rita may have been in, in this, this account. I don't want to say story, it was an actual account. We used to pray over uh, the needs of the people. We used to have these cards, you felt your prayer needs, and we as a staff would, would pray over them. And very often, you know, we get down, I'd get on my knees, and we, we'd divvy up the cards, and we pray and release our faith. And, uh, you know, believe God for, for miracles and healings and so forth. But I, I remember kneeling and praying for this certain card, and it, it was one of our members who had received a miracle wanted to pray for a relative of theirs that needed a miracle. And of course, God is in the miracle business, and so I get on my knees to start to pray, and the word of the Lord, the audible voice of the Holy Ghost says, stop praying, don't pray. And he said, he's going to get exactly what his church teaches. What is that? A church that does not have visitations? Perish. No miracles. You know, and uh, it's a course. You ever notice that uh, churches that don't believe in healing, people don't get healed in their church? You know, that's why it's so important for visitations and visions and to contend for these things that people will receive their needs. And uh, I, I've talked about my spiritual father, Kenneth e. Hagen, and uh, concerning the need of these things. Uh, we understand Kenneth Hagen was raised up by God. And he was raised up by God to teach my people faith. The Lord actually spoke to him audibly a couple of times and said this, I have taught you faith through my word. I've taught you faith through experience. I allowed you to go through certain experiences in order to teach you. Now, I've taught you faith. Now, go teach my people faith. And so, Brother Hagen was commissioned of the Lord Jesus Christ to teach faith. And I would dare say he did a pretty good job of it. I, I would dare say... He was the number one faith teacher in the world at that time. Well, he had to because he was the only one teaching it. But, you know, I've heard him. I, he does a pretty good job of teaching faith. You know, of course. And Brother Hagen would not go to church and hold a revival. That's what they did. Uh, they would have revivals and, and so forth and, and, and go to churches. He would not hold a revival unless it was at least three weeks long. He said if a pastor wanted just to hold a three-day three meetings or just a week of meetings, he, he wouldn't even acknowledge them. He just walked past and he said not much can be done in that time. But uh, he knew if he had at least three weeks and could teach the people, he could get faith into them. And uh, he, there were times when he got almost 90% of the people he taught healed. Simply getting them the word. Now, how many know that's the highest way? Remember the centurion that uh, amazed Jesus when the centurion says, just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And that's what brother, the foremost faith teacher was, was putting faith in people's hearts. And, and people would receive by faith. And so that is the highest tier that is the greatest way to receive. And here, Brother Hagen, that's what he did. He taught. He was very skillful and proficient in teaching 
faith. But also in, in the ministry of Brother Hagin, not only was he commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ to teach faith, we understand in September the 2nd, 1950, what happened? He was in a tent meeting in Rockwell, Texas, and many of you can quote it just as good as I can. It rained that day, not a driving wing, but a slow rain. And they said when you, in the, that part of Texas, if you'll stay with that part of Texas and dry, it will stick with you when it's wet. And because they didn't have paved roads, many people didn't come out to that meeting. And uh, it was still raining during the service time. And uh, he said there, there used to be a full house, probably two, three hundred people in, in this tent. But because of the rain, he only had four people, 40 people, uh, including himself. And because there were no lost people there, he just taught a Bible lesson, and then they prayed after the Bible lesson. And you know the story, he heard a voice, come up hither, come up hither, and he thought that was someone was, you know, trying to disturb the meeting. Then finally, he looked up, and there was Jesus. And uh, he was caught up with Jesus and went up to heaven. And a lot of things happened, you can read about it in the book, I Believe in Visions. But what we're looking at is that during that visitation, Jesus took the, his right hand and put in the palm of Brother Hagin's hands, in both of his hands. And Brother Hagin said that his hands begin to burn. And Jesus said, I've called you and I've anointed you and I've given you a special anointing to heal the sick. And he gave him instructions, and he said his hand began to burn. He said for three days he couldn't sleep because his hands would burn. And all he would have to do is tell the people that Jesus appeared to him, and if they'll believe it and receive that healing anointing, they'd be healed. And so um, Jesus said this, that through this special healing anointing, it is the lowest level in which someone can receive their healing. So the highest level is what? According to your faith. According to your word. I don't need hands laid on me. I don't need people to pray for me. The word of God says I'm healed. And so here, in addition to faith teaching, he has this special anointing, which is the easiest or the, low, the, the simplest way to be healed. So Brother Hagen is the foremost faith teacher to get people that can reach it up here, but also God gives them a supernatural anointing that this is the simplest and easiest. There's no lower level to receive your healing, and he has both in his ministry. I mean, that, that, that's, that's like two revolvers on, on, your, on your whatever. What is that called? Your, I don't know. You can tell I don't watch Westerns other than Tombstone once a year. Oh, you know, two, two guns on, on your belt. How about that? Two powerful guns. And so here's Brother Hagen, so skilled, teaching faith, and would, would teach for three weeks. I mean, you know, that, that would cause your faith to be high. And even maybe you couldn't grasp it simply by the word alone. He would lay hands on him with a special healing anointing. And Jesus said, it is the simplest and easiest way to be healed. There's no, there's no lower level to receive your healing. It, it requires the least amount of faith. Why? 
You have hands laid on you. You can feel those hands. You can feel the power of God leaving Brother Hagen and, and coming into a body. And that was the simplest way to be healed. And yet, in the ministry of Kenneth e. Hagen, there are literally multitudes that still couldn't get their healing that way. And this is something that's been stirring in my heart. And we're just going to try to get it out. You know, remember when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Peter and James and John was with them. And next day they went down and uh, there was a crowd around his disciples and Jesus said, what question are you with them? And the man, a man came up to Jesus, Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples. And uh, they, they couldn't cure him. They couldn't help him. You got to understand that Jesus told them to go preach the kingdom of God. They've been around Jesus. They, they would just copy his sermons. And he gave them power and authority over all devils and demons. To heal the sick. Every man of sickness, disease. He, he, he gave them that anointing. And yet he couldn't cure that boy. And uh, then Jesus uh, you know, the man says, hey, I brought him to the disciples. They couldn't heal him. He says, how long am I going to be with you guys? Bring me. And he casts out the demon. And of course, the disciples asked him later, you know, why couldn't we cast this out? He says, because of your unbelief. He said two things. Their unbelief, that means their level of ministry of faith wasn't able to get the connection to them. But also said, this kind cometh not out by prayer and fasting. And so he's saying there are certain things when it comes to helping and giving people deliverance requires a greater dedication, consecration, and commitment than just teaching and being anointed. All right? But the thing is, Jesus was not thrilled with his disciples if someone came to him or them and didn't get their needs met. Yeah. And you know, we, we've been in this faith movement, this faith era. You know, we, we learned the word in faith. And we, we have a lot of ministers that have a special anointing or, or some type of anointing of laying on of hands. Me included. And yet there are literally multitudes that no matter how much you teach faith, no matter how many times you lay hands on them, they can't seem to receive it. And you know what we do in faith, or what, well, their faith's not there, and we just kind of throw off all the responsibility uh, on the person coming to receive. And there is a responsibility there. But according to Jesus and the Master, He's not happy and he actually looked at his disciple and says, it's your unbelief. You shouldn't have been able to get it for him. And so, there's a third level we're looking for. We have a lot of good faith teaching. There's there's MP3s. You, You can have all of Brother Hagen's stuff. You can Google it on YouTube. You can listen to the Word of God over and over again. There's a lot of anointed people with, with healing anointings and endowments in their hands. They'll lay hands on you in the body of Christ. 
And we should be able to get and receive breakthrough between those two tiers. But there's a lot of people that for some reason or another cannot. And Jesus is not happy unless everyone's healed. Jesus is not happy unless everyone gets their deliverance. Jesus is not happy unless everyone receives from God. And so there's this third tier that we're looking at. What is it? Visions and visitations. A case example, Kenneth E. Hagin again. Here, the foremost faith teacher. He is teaching faith. He has that special healing anointing. And there is a young woman, member of the church, who uh, was diagnosed with cancer, cancer of the lung. And it spread into both lungs. We talked about, a little about this last week, but so we're just going to abbreviate it. And here, she heard Brother Hagen teach faith. The number one faith teacher. Been in that church for three weeks. Couldn't receive. He laid hands on her five times with that special healing anointing. And for some reason or another, she still didn't receive. But something happened. After the fifth time he laid hands on her, he's caught up in the Spirit. He said he was like he's enveloped in a cloud, and it was just him and the woman. And he saw the woman, and saw what was a little creature, which was a demon, hanging onto her lung. He saw it, he addressed that demon, commanded to leave, and it left her body. And she began to raise her arms and say, I'm healed, I'm healed, and she began to speak in tongues. She was never been able to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he didn't pray for her for that, he just received, started speaking in tongues. And so the next day she goes to the doctor and tells the doctor, please take an x-ray. And, and she, the doctor says, you know, we don't need to. We know what's going on. She says, no, something's happened. She, they thought something bad happened. So, and says, what, what, what happened? She says, well, you take an x-ray and look at the x-ray, then I'll tell you what happened. So they took an x-ray, and they couldn't believe it. Her lungs were totally clear. And then, of course, then she told the doctor what happened. And uh, the doctors, you know, we're going to give an affidavit. We, you had cancer, now you don't. Uh, we don't have the answer, but you do. I'm using that as an illustration. Faith was taught. I, I would use me, but I'm not Brother Hagin. You know, Jesus didn't tell me, go and teach my people faith. I just echo what he taught me. Faith, faith, faith. And, you know, I listen to him all the time. But the number one faith teacher, they weren't able to receive. The special anointing. I, I have a special anointing, but Jesus, I wasn't caught up to heaven. Jesus didn't do this. So I, I would dare say, Brother Hagin's teaching was just a little bit better than mine. <laughs> a lot better. And this, this healing anointing was much stronger. And yet this woman still wasn't healed. Until a visitation. A manifestation and demonstration of the Spirit of God. And this has been stirring in my heart. You know, these are the things that we must walk in. We must have. 
And there are things and there are reasons why people just can't seem to receive by faith. There are reasons why people just can't seem to get it when you lay hands on them. And the answer is in the third tier, third level. You need a demonstration, a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. I, I was just reminded, I, you know, I, I forget a lot, a lot of these things. And I do write some of these things down, but uh, I, I'm not uh, real, real, been very good at it. But uh, I was reminded uh, recently that uh, I, I, my wife and I, we prayed uh, for a minister's wife. And was, was depressed, having oppression, torment, and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, just couldn't seem to shake it. Of course, knew the word and uh, had had hands laid on her. And, uh, you know, I've laid hands on her before and so forth. But so we, we came to pray. And I, I found this out. If, if I can get... Uh, folks that come to us and my wife and I pray, the Lord will show us what's wrong with them or at least give us an answer. And then uh, we, we prayed and I got up in the spirit and I saw that there was two spirits harassing her. And I told her what kind of spirits were. And, you know, I, I mentioned them to, and she says, you know, I can deal with these, but as soon as I deal with them, they're just going to jump back. But you need to know this is what is harassing you and you need to deal with it. And uh, I forgot all about that. And uh, late, you know, probably a couple years later or so forth, uh, she, she reminded me, she says, you remember you did that? It changed my life. Number one, I was set free. And number two, I thought my issues were just me. I thought I was the problem. I thought there was something wrong with me, but uh, it wasn't her. It was a demon harassing her. And again, without a vision, people perish. That, that woman that uh, had lung cancer, you're 22 years old, a young married uh, woman, a mother of two, a, uh, I think a, a six-year-old and a two-month-old or something like that. If Brother Hagen didn't have a visitation, didn't have what I'm calling the third tier. She would have perished. Imagine the, the, the ramifications. Her, her husband, you know, heartbroken. Her children grown up. Why didn't Jesus heal my mom? And may, may held against God. And who knows what would happen. But because there was a vision. A visitation. People were helped. And you know, and I can go on... And on and on and on. But I, I get in the picture. Without a vision, without a visitation, people perish. Now, let's go ahead. Let's go a little further. I know I want, that was 30 minutes of review, but uh, there was unction on it. Let's look at this in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And we're going to see this as an example and also look at some teaching concerning vision and visitation. Of course, first of all, we're going to see what happens, a scriptal example, when there is no vision or visitation. In 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there's no open vision. 
And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, that his eyes began to wax dim, and he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Again, I, I took a little bit more time in our Holy Ghost meetings, but uh, just real quick, we looked at this. First of all, we saw that ministry was going on, but it was only done on a natural level. Here, natural service. How many you know you could do ministry on a natural level? You, you, you can go to church, you can do church work, you can serve and can just be a natural. You can have services that are solely conducted on a natural level. We have to understand Christianity was never meant to be natural. It was meant to be supernatural. We know that in the church world, there's a, a, what we call a great divide. Um, Dr. Dufresne prophesied it. Randy Greer prophesied it. Many people didn't know I prophesied before it happened. January 1st, one year that I just walked in our service, just minding my own business as a pastor. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit me. I fell down and went into a trance, and I prophesied. And I saw there was going to come a great divide in the church that people would go. There would be some that would contend for the things of God and the Spirit and some that would contend for the things of the flesh. Uh, a casual church, a, a non-supernatural church. And, and we've seen this. We've seen churches in churches that I knew that follow Brother Hagen and contend for the, the supernatural that uh, go on what we call seeker-sensitive. What, what is that? That, you know, we, we don't want any move of the God, God in our services. We, we, we keep it for the back room and so forth. What is that? Well, no vision. No visitation. People perish. Well, you know, if we have those type of things, uh, it, our, our crowds will, will get scattered. Well, you need to understand what true fruit is. You know, you can have a big, a big bushel basket of fruit but if there's a whole lot of rotten apples in it, you know, it's going to ruin the whole thing. And see, we need to define our fruit by the Lord Jesus Christ, not by natural numbers. And, uh, and so ministry can be done natural. And there's a great divide where people don't want the supernatural. They're afraid that they're going to offend people. Well, I'd be more fearful of offending the Holy Ghost. And again, the book of Acts... People spoke in tongues, and what? 3,000 people got saved. A man got healed. 5,000 people got saved. Ananias and Sapphira fell dead in church, and people say, Woo, God's in you. I, I, I'm not going to bring my business cards to church and try to solicit things. God is in that place. The supernatural visitation of God. Now here, ministry was done naturally. I'd be afraid if nothing supernatural ever happened in church, or my life, so to speak. Jesus said in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, the church of Ephesus, you know, they were doing ministry good, they had great programs, and Jesus said, but there's one thing I have against you. You've lost your first love, and he says, if you don't get that right, I'm going to remove my candlestick. You know what it is? That's the anointing. That is his presence. And sad is that can be removed and folks would just still go to church and carry on. You know, there ought to be anointing 
in church. There ought to be the presence of God in church. There ought to be manifestations and demonstrations. But here, there was none of that. And because there is none of that, Eli was backslidden. And, uh, you know, and you can see the progression. You know, Eli was laid down this place. People get comfortable. Uh, that his eyes begin to wax dim, you know, discernment and so forth. There's a lot of correlation there. But uh, because there's no vision or visitation, the leadership was backslidden. Leadership wasn't contending for it. And because the leadership wasn't contending for it, Israel was backslidden. Everything rises and falls on leadership. That, uh, you know, Pastor Nancy Dufresne uh, has a book, A Visitation from God, and the whole premise is your pastor ought to be a visitation of God. Your church ought to be a visitation of God. That when you get you come to church or get around a man, woman, God, that you see God. That God is in you of a truth. That like James and John perceived that they had been with Jesus. Well, they didn't perceive that with Eli. And because Eli was backslidden, his sons were backslidden, the, the ministry of helps was backslidden. And really... Uh, this was in a very low spiritual state. Again, without a vision, people perish. But with vision, people thrive and grow. You know, we, we talked about those things. But notice this, and I want to talk about this. Here, natural things were going on. People weren't living as they should because there was no vision. Then it said this, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. Now that's King James, maybe your translation says something like this, rare or scarce. That's a better rendering. That the word of the Lord was precious. That means it didn't happen very often. And what, what does that mean? Whenever the word of the Lord rarely happens is is because, I don't want to say the church, because God's people are in a very low state spiritually. So according to this, the word of the Lord ought to be happening over and over again. And leadership ought to have visitations of God and people thriving, people getting their needs met because there is an oracle. There is a visitation. But here it's just the opposite. And the word of the Lord is precious or it wasn't happening. So I want to talk a little bit about this. Because the word of the Lord is something that should be happening. According to this. And uh, it's it making a direct correlation because of, of the backslidden state, this was not happening. Telling us, if Eli was seeking God and interceding for the people and holding standard height and would God on his son says, bless God, you better serve God or get out, you know, that the word of the Lord would have been more prevalent. And I, I believe in our day, we need to have more of the word of the Lord because it seems like this, generally across the body of Christ, it is rare. Uh, it's happening less than it should be. So let's talk about this. Again, without a vision, people perish. Or we can even say this, without the word of the Lord, people perish. We need to have the word of the Lord. So what is the word of the Lord? Now, I know a lot of people uh, 
have their own definition, but uh, I like the Bible definition, and I like Kenneth Hagin's definition. The Word of the Lord is the audible voice of the Holy Ghost speaking to you. The audible voice. I mean, you know, that's, that's a vision, a visitation. That's something supernatural, spectacular. That's not something you can muster up. But I've seen ministers say the word Lord you know, came to me. And it was just something, it wasn't the audible voice of the Lord. It was something they thought up. And a lot of times, you know, and I don't think I am, um, what's the word, qualified to teach on. A lot of times people, what they call the word of the Lord and the, the voice of, of, of their own heart is not God speaking. That's their own thoughts. Their, their, their own spirit. And you can see that, that God through uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah dealt with prophets that would, would prophesy of their own spirits and not by the word of the Lord. See, see, you can think something up and call it the word of the Lord. But when the audible voice of the Holy Ghost comes, I mean, like, you, you can't manufacture that. You, you, you can't. You can't muster that up. You can't imagine that. It either is or it isn't. You know, just like spiritual gifts, we, we tend to dumb them down to the level of our experience instead of bringing our experience to them. You know, gifts of healing, oh, that's the herbs and healing profession. You know, the word of knowledge is, is, you know, folks have said that's people that are really smart and go to school and so forth. They, they really dim it down, substituting brass for gold. And again, with the word of the Lord, people have substituted brass for gold. And if you're happy with the substitute, you'll never have the real. People that substitute that will never have the real thing. We need to contend for the real thing. Why? Without a vision, people perish. It is the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. It is like literally like someone is speaking right over your shoulder. When it happens, you turn around and says, who said that? And so according to this, this should not be scarce. This, this should happen more and more. So we want to contend for the gold and not to settle for the brass. So we understand there's three primary ways God speaks to us. We're teaching on this on Sunday mornings. Number one, the number one way is the inward witness. And that's something we have. We all have an unction. That is the number one way God will talk to us. It is not spectacular, but supernatural. And uh, all of us ought to be led by the inward witness. But the inward witness is not the word of the Lord. Again, this is something we all ought to operate in. And the second way God will talk to us is the inward voice, the still small voice of our heart, again, of our spirit. God can lead us and guide us and direct us and, and help us. And it's wonderful we all, as the Spirit of God wills, uh, have that operate in the personal life. And also that works along with the word of knowledge sometimes and, and ministry and so forth. But you have to understand the still small voice is not the word of the Lord. And again, if we, we say that is the word of the Lord, we put a cap on it. We have settled for brass. And we're content with brass. And there's something about the Lord. If you're okay with brass, that's all you're going to have. You know, 
If you think a vision is something that you thought up, a mission statement, and, and so for something man-inspired, that's what you want and can have. You won't have the real. You won't have the spectacular supernatural. And so the audible voice of the Holy Ghost is the, when God speaks to you audibly. And, uh, and then, of course, it's primarily in a prophet's ministry or ministry gifts. But according to this text, it ought not to be rare. It ought not to be scarce. And, uh, you know, I've been privileged because I operate in more than one office to, to have this operate. And again, I, I didn't know a, a whole lot of things. I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and, and so forth. And uh, the reason we're talking about these things, I use this illustration. You know, I know there's a lot of haters out there. There may be haters in here. Don't, don't hold it again. My, we, my wife and I, we like Disney World. We, we like to go every year. And you know, because we know there's a Disney World, we know how to get to Disney World. We know how to enjoy Disney World. But if you don't know there's a Disney World, you'll never get there. You probably would never find it by accident. And the same thing with these things. Unless you talk about them, people won't know they're out there. And if people are settling for other things than the real, they'll never have the real. And so that's why we're talking about them, to, to show what the real thing is and to stir people and, and say, let people know that these things are out there. We must contend for the gold. You know, this first started happening, you know, shortly after I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I went to Ramah. And this would start to happen. The word of the Lord, the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. Now you have to understand there's, there's many voices in the world, none of them without signification. You know, every voice needs to be judged. Just because it's audible does not mean it's the Holy Ghost. But uh, this would start happening and, you know, the Lord w would speak audibly to me. Right in my apartment. And you have to understand my apartment, uh, the, we had three bachelors living in a one-bedroom apartment. One bedroom, one bathroom, three bachelors. Yeah, that, that, there's stories there. There's lots of stories there. Precious stories. Yeah, love stories. Not the kind you read in a soap opera either. I mean, how to walk in love. Glory to God. But anyway, but this would begin to happen. And, uh, you know, my roommate would be in the room and I would say, did you hear that? He said, what? Did, did you hear anything? No. And of course, I had no book on this stuff. You know, and, and uh, the Lord would speak and uh, show me things about people. What is that? That is the word of the Lord. And here it was not happening in, in Eli's ministry. Because, you know, he was backslidden. But th these things ought to be more prevalent. More prevalent. Now, very interesting, if we were to look at this count, we're in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3. You read in this count when the Lord first started talking to Samuel. Remember the story? God called to Samuel and say, Samuel. And uh, he thought it was Eli calling him. Went to Eli, and it was nighttime, and said, uh, Eli, you called me. He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. You're waking me up. And this, this happened three times. That here young Samuel's trying to sleep in the nighttime. 
And here is a voice calling its name. And then he, he runs to Eli and says, you called me. And he said, no, I didn't call him. But the third time, he said, you know what? I, I think I know what's going on here. I may be backslidden, but I, I remember this stuff used to happen to me when, when I, I used to love the Lord and serve him. And so next time, you hear that voice say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And I love this. Up that time, Samuel only heard a voice, but it said this, the Lord stood at other times and called him. That means the Lord was present. He couldn't see him, but only hear him. And speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And when he respond properly, um, the Lord would show him and give him the word of the Lord. Now, that is an interesting case study of the word of the Lord. Number one, it was audible to Samuel, but not to Eli. Yeah. True. Why is that? Because that voice is in the realm of the Spirit. Really, it's an operation of discerning the spirits where you're allowed to hear in the spiritual realm. So when the word of the Lord comes, it's part of discerning the spirits that, that you can hear it, and some right next to you won't hear it. Okay? And so I begin to experience that. But another interesting thing, is here is a young boy, Samuel, sleeping alone. Eli's in another room. He hears a voice. Wouldn't that creep you out? Wouldn't that scare you? You know, especially if the voice is Samuel or Samuel. You know, who's, who's that? No, Samuel was not afraid. Why? Samuel recognized that voice. Whose voice was it? He heard Eli. He heard Eli's voice calling to him. How do we know that? That's why he went to Eli. You called me. Three times God used Eli's voice. That way something familiar and wouldn't scare him. Now my good friend Randy Greer as a prophet and this, this comes with the prophet's ministry as the, as the Spirit of God wills. Of course, he didn't have Eli's voice. But he, he tells that he heard Brother Hagin's voice. That the word of the Lord, he would hear the word of the Lord, an audible voice, and it would be Kenneth Hagin's voice. Why? It was a voice that he can recognize. And so that tells us the Holy Ghost can, knows how to put on voices, you know. <laughs> You know, I don't know what that gift is, a ventriloquist. He, he can use, he can mimic anybody's voice and use that. Would you like to know whose voice I heard? I would hear my own voice. Very interesting, because of course I, I wasn't, didn't know Brother Hagen as close as he did. But I would hear my own voice behind me audibly say something. And, uh, and so I, I learned to identify it. And so... These things ought not to be rare. And so it is God speaking in the realm of the Spirit. And uh, number one, it, it's helped my life in ministry. You know, it started when I was in Ramah, you know. And uh, I'll just give you one case example. I remember that when I went to Ramah, God supernaturally told me to follow Brother Hagen. God supernaturally told me, to go to Ramah. And, and he said, follow Brother Hagen. Be around him. 
Well, I went to Raymond Bible School, and at that time, there was a number one evangelist in the world. You may remember him, Jimmy Swaggart. And man, Jimmy Swaggart could preach, and he could get people saved. And man, he had anointing to get people saved. And I mean, he, he, he could sneeze, and the altars would be filled. And he, he was getting more, he got millions and millions of people saved. I mean, every day on the TV, he'd be on there and people would, would come. I knew people, their, their witnessing tactic was, listen to Jimmy Swagger, watch Jimmy Swagger and get saved. And they would. Well, I, I wanted to be a soul winner. I wanted to win souls like that. I wanted to be anointed. I want to speak like that. So I started to listen to Jimmy Swagger. I, wa- I wanted to learn about him. And I started doing that, going to Rama. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was just ready to walk into my bedroom and the word of the Lord. Again, when I, when I say that, some people think it's a still small voice in there. No, it's the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. And he said this, I told you to follow Brother Hagin. I've had the Lord reprimand me more than once that way. And it's very interesting, the Holy Ghost has emotions. I, I've heard the Holy Ghost weep over people. Weep, calling their name, weeping because of decisions they've made. You know, and so, but again, not part of my message, but it's free anyhow. The word of the Lord. And see, you know, we can't turn this on and off, but uh, it's helpful. It's helped my ministry, but also for others. I, I you know, I, I can go on and on. There's time I just mind my own business. I'd be in my office, and all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came. And they, that's why I had identified you know, the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. Very interesting. He says, if you marry that woman, she's going to make your life hell on earth. Well, I'm already married. I know he's not talking about me. <laughs> and of course, I... I I believe uh, I had a service that night, and, um, you know, and uh, I, uh, oh, okay, this, this happened several, many, many years ago, and I, I don't know who that is, and I said, well, who is that? Didn't say a word, but I got in the service, and th- this happens many times, you just pass someone, and again, I think this was probably like a Holy Ghost meeting because it wasn't just our folks. It was a lot of the other family churches. There was a lot of people I knew. And I remember just walking by someone. And all of a sudden, alarm went off. And I knew exactly who it was. Yeah. You know, to help. To help. And so forth. And so what did you do? Well, I, I told the pastor. I gave it the... I passed the baton to the pastor. Yes. And, and very often the word Lord will come with a vision. And we can read it and study it that even though Samuel heard the voice, once responded, he may have very well saw Jesus and said the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. But you learned the, the word Lord and very often it comes with a vision. And uh, again, again, I, I, would, I would get caught up in the Spirit and I would have a vision and the Word of the Lord would come to me. And I, I had a couple times, the, the, the Word of the Lord says, and you will see it tomorrow on the news. He would tell me about something that was going to happen. 
And it happened. Oh, you know, and this has been good for pastors, people called the ministry. I, I remember uh, one time, again, a vision. I'm in the vision, and I'm not in our church, but another one of churches. Actually, I was in Jamestown Church. Here I am in the vision. I'm in Jamestown Church, and I see a, a, a bunch of our, 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 our pastors and our mentor people and people that are being trained and there's a group of them and I'm looking at them no it's interesting being here you know I was in Fredonia now I'm in Jamestown right now I'm I'm looking and the word of the Lord came unto me the audible voice of the spirit says who will be the next family church pastor and I'm looking at all of them I don't know who will be the next family church pastor I'm looking. I don't like any of them already. <laughs> I didn't say that, but <laughs> I don't know. And he said it three times. Who will be the next family church pastor? And I said, Lord, thou knowest. And when I said that, here's the crowd. In all the, the ministers, they all kind of walk away. In the middle was Pastor Jeff Michener. Yeah. And how many know that was an anchor to his soul? I think even more than anchor to his soul, it was an anchor to his pastor's soul. Because when you mentor, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I I don't think they they would mind, but the word of the Lord. You know, um, sometimes with elections. Now, this hasn't happened in a while. It used to be, ever after every election, the Lord would show me things. He would show me who's going to be elected and uh, sometimes why they're going to be elected. It'd be like, especially the main ones. You know, the, the presidential election. I've had them for the governor's election, but the main ones. But it's very interesting. It stopped happening after Trump. I don't know why. He hasn't talked to me since. Now, I believe I'm not backslidden. And again, I can't control it or, or not. And, uh, but I don't know if it has something to do with the nation or it has something to do with the church world. Remember, when the church world is kind of in a low spiritual state, the word of the Lord is precious or rare. It doesn't happen as much. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I can't speak by divine authority. But it is very interesting. Very interesting that it stopped happening after Trump. As I remember, you know, when he ran in, you know, when he uh, got the uh, Republican, you know, nomination. He was running against Hillary Clinton. And uh, I didn't think he was going to win, naturally. You know, you watch the news. I mean, they're, they're, they're projecting 95%, you know, is going to vote for Hillary. There is no chance in the world that uh, Donald Trump will ever be president. You know, all the news and all the fork, you know, and, you know, I don't stay up and watch all these things. And, but I, I, you know, of course, we start off in the East and most of the East is liberal, and you just see Hillary just racking up, you know, her color. And she says, I, I'm going to bed. 
I, I don't want to watch that. I, I, I had to make peace with my soul if she became president. I, you know, I had to encourage myself in the Lord like David did. All right, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. It's not the end of the world. Yes, it is. No, it's not the end of the world. And at, I believe it was at four o'clock in the morning, I sit straight up in bed and I see the electoral map, the red and the blue, and I, I see the numbers on each side. And I'm looking at it, and the word Lord comes Trump has won the presidency. And I said, No way! And of course, it disappears. And then, I just then, I get these news flashes. President Trump is one of the, the nominee, you know, has won the presidency. The word Lord concerning President Trump. Thanks. Now, while we're talking about this, these things need to be more prevalent. It's only when the universal church is in a low spiritual state that it doesn't happen as much. But also... If they are settling for brass, they'll not have the gold. And so we want the gold. Amen. Now, that was the introduction to my message, but my time is, you know, here it says the word Lord's precious. I didn't know I was going to talk about the word Lord that much. Then, then it says there was no up in vision. And guess, if the Lord allows me to, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Visions. Visions and visitations. Where were you helped? Were you stirred? We must have these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. My master. And see, I, I don't know. You know, it just came to me while I was preaching. I, I didn't realize, yeah, that stopped happening with President Trump. You know, I, I don't know what that means. But also, I've been in prayer the last two years, like I've been telling you, there's been a hold. Some of those things aren't happening as much. And I'm still living, I'm praying, fasting, seeking God, but you can't turn them on and off. But we've got to contend for these things. Ah, what is that, Master? Mm. What is that? Now, why do I sit down? It's easier to yield to the anointing, sitting down. Ah, yeah. Yes. But what is that? What is that, Lord? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Is there anything that we can do to expedite that? To make way for that? We know it's coming. We know it's nigh. Our spirits bear witness to that. Hallelujah.
Let's go ahead and pray. Master. Papando, Toreku, Nakundo, Gunandor, Ecutrescas, Gamendo, Toreku, Nepe, Nepeara, Torebea, Atondorge, Cuscendo, Toreku, Shakuna, Nestator Campando, Adorastatorecu, Toresco, Open, 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 Adorestatorecula, Nea, Cumecu, no Macundo, Culi, Toreku, Dreshtan, Dreshtan, Dokunamakito, Kubata, Mato Toreku, Mato Toreku, Mato Toreku, Apadatoreku, Dreshtin, Drashtan, Dreshtin, Totorekurupa, Nuropa Matakuri, Meta Toreculato, Nishtundo Dotoreskis, Kupaku, Makune Toesu, Dresh, Bosa Trasha, Dreshika, Ladotorekula, Reveto reku buku ngeku shuku naka ngeshtu no dakita. Adorasa papa pakunya. Adoresta tropuhulupuli taya toriku. Mapadata. Matatari. Metatari. Adoresta tori. Adorasta dana. Adorosta deas. Adoresku kungekando kuli pepe toriku. Nish. Adoresta. Drevela, babato, drevela, drevela, apanakukuyesco. Dre kunakundresca, mea, 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 drafieta. Drea, 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 babaco. Now, now, go, go. Melatina, lapadana, inch. Oh, 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 my. Yeah, I, I see that. I see that, Lord. I see it. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, oh, my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time. It is time. It is time. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I see spiritual forces have been arrayed against that. Mm. No, no, no. Ah, I see you. I see you. Ala nondorekuduli. Drosta No, no, no. You stop. You stop in Jesus' name. Gunda. Gunda, gunda. Dreshtetodaketa. Ha, ha, ha. No, 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 you will stop. You will stop. Netorekurula. Natargeto. Shakana. Shakela. Shoot. Ah, more. More is needed. More is needed. Ah, ah, ah. No, no. Dreta totoreku. Nepapapatando. Kutrascando. Gandaku. Gameto toreka. Ha, shom. Show them, Father. Show them these things. Dre alone, no, 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 Doreko, Dreske, Hishku. The Shekana, the Shekana glory shall, 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 shall be leta. It shall be bebeta. It shall, Papa Boto, Reku, Nundarekita. And it will come to pass. It's in Doreko. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Oh, no, no, no. It, it will not. Nah, you will not hinder that. Rustikera. Nestataka, the attack that has been, ah, oh, no, 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 apateka, the opposition, ah, meku, the pela, the ribenda, tototo, kubaka, drasundari, niti tundikila, nota dotoreku, no, 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 pela, 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 popotari, 
Masadiah, 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 bibi, 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 toto te kundre, ma kundoye, ma kundori, dreste geskin du kuli, dreste de kushakuna, shankumata. It's in time, mapeta. It's time for te tikitotori. It's time for polo podreska. It's time pa pa It's uno epe abe abatoto. Yeah, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. Oh, la la todreskitika. Nieta kunito toriku. Shokunanda kundareke esitata toriku. Mapa forte. Drepa pela. Bapa bando. Drepa pela. Drepa bando. Drepa pela. Drepa bando. Dropa kulu pepa tato toki darikishishkushkoleeluduneda. Ah, I see that. I see that word now. Oh, oh, the hole that you've been. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's. Ooh, ooh, no, no, no. Da, ah, do, do, eh, ah, dre, kindoko. Ah, open, open up. Open up. Yeah, yeah. Tondakita, sandareko, sandareko, shapatata. Show me that. Show it to me, Father. Show it to me. Yeah. Now, show me. Dreka, drebabando korino, dre dead pepepe baha shoko, shakindikito kuli, nepepelo, drebabando, drebabando, mepatea, apate, every day, every day, gumaka nakundre, dresto torkupa, shutadeko, shapatata, shapatata, shapatata. Yeah, yeah, knowing, knowing. Knowing, knowing, knowing. Brekula papato, metatori, sandareku, shandayeku, shandayeku. Yeah, amazing, 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 amazing. I see it. Oh, oh, amazing. Oh, I see that. Oh, my, 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 my. Reilupa. Oh. Oh, oh, Abela. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand, Lord. It, it's going to take time for the body of Christ to walk in the fuller and bigger things. Ah, ah, ah. Not because on my end, says the Lord, but the willingness of the people to go higher, to go deeper. Ah, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because it does require laying aside Oh, ah, Father. Oh, yes, yes. But, ah, nando kule. Yeah, yeah, but I'm working in my people. Oh, and they will. They will be willing in a day of power. I am working in the body of Christ to walk in the fullness of this hour. Ah, ah, I am the author and the finisher. Ah, ah I am building my church and I am leading my church into the fullness of of these things. Mm, yes. Here a little, there a little. Mm. Ah, ah, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And you'll know. You'll know when you're in the fullness of the flow. <laughs> yes. Ah, yeah. Yes, Master. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll just never do our due diligence to come up higher, to press in more, 
We would trust you to lead us into these things, Father. Yeah, yeah, there are changes coming. Changes. Changes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Changes. Oh, yeah. We prophesy according to our faith. I, Mela atori kudreshka. Ma, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, Master. Yeah. Change will come. Change will come. Yeah. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Master, thank you. Praise the Lord. You know, Paul said this, that we know in part, we prophesy in part. There's some things that uh, we've been praying about, and you just don't understand some of those things. You only see in part. But does, the more you get in the Spirit, the more you get those parts. Just like a puzzle. I mean, you, know, you get all these pieces, and get one or two pieces. What in the world? But you start more and more you get those pieces together oh, wow that's a lake and a tree and that's a deer you know and uh, that's why it's more and more as we get in the spirit you know I just because we were able to get in the spirit got more of the pieces concerning the, the end time move of God because it's very important to me what Jesus thinks about it you know there's, there's a lot of opinions of people what's going on there's some people says oh we're in it oh yeah yeah, okay, yeah, if you're happy with that, you know, and, uh, but understand, you know, the, the, the Lord is working, getting the whole body into it, and uh, we just can't jump into it, as much as we think we could, you know, jump in it, but then I'm reminded, that's exactly what he told Brother Hagen, plans for pursuits, he's been out trying to do that, but you can't jump into it, but I saw, but he, he is, he's bringing us, and we're, we're like in the shallow shores of it. He's bringing us into it. He's bringing us into it. And we just, we just continue. We just continue and continue. He says, you'll know when it's in the full flow. There, there'll be no questions asked. You don't need to ask, are we in revival? Is it here yet? If you need to ask, it's here. It's not here. Yeah. So, well... We certainly love you. Let's, let's come back next week. Let's, let's get more pieces of the puzzles. We love you. God bless you. Thanks for coming. You're dismissed.